the sports stance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the sports dance. I'm your host, Greg, and it is another great week of sports talk ahead of us. But first, let's just say this. Alabama, not going to be in the college football playoffs. Yeah, that was right. That was like angels singing up on high. It's the holiday spirit. You got to get you got to get that involved. Alabama's not making the college football playoff. Like what? Does that happen? Fun fact. Quick fact, the last time Nick Saban and Bill Belichick lost on the same weekend was back in 2008. Let's just think about that. Two teams that everybody's always rooting to lose lost only for the second time in the same weekend since 2008, Alabama and the Patriots. But enough about that. We will get into college football playoff talk in just a moment. How's everybody doing this week? Hopefully everybody had a good Thanksgiving last week. Let's talk. Getting into some college football playoff rankings. Who's going to be in? Who's going to be out? Predictions are going to be made because by the time next Friday rolls around, we're going to be know who those final four are. Right now, as it stands, you have number one, Ohio State. Number two, LSU, who probably should be number one. Number three, Clemson. And then number four, Georgia. Now, I can almost guarantee one of those teams will not be in the Final Four come Sunday. But you know what? The most important games are being played Friday night and the first championship game of Saturday. Because that's where you have the five and six teams and seven where one of those wins could put them into the Final Four. Let's start with Friday night. You have Utah taking on the Oregon Ducks. In the Pac-12 championship. Now this is going to be big because one, Utah needs to look impressive. They need to look consistent. One thing about this team all year, their offense and defense have been top 10. They have been as consistent as they come. The only loss came to a USC team that at the time, feeling pretty good at the beginning of the season when they were ranked. It's the only loss. Now they got to go against the high-flying duck offense who Herm Edwards shut down. Can the Utah Utes do it? We'll see. But plain and simple, if Oregon wins, Utah has no chance. Has not a say of potentially getting into that Final Four. They win. You're going to have to make a really good argument for Oklahoma or Baylor. Because that's who plays at noon Saturday. You can bet those two teams are going to be watching that game closely. And they are going to be pulling for the Ducks like no other. Now here's the issue. Oklahoma wins, and they win convincingly against Baylor, who they had to come back against. And, you know, that dramatic ending where they erased a huge 28-3 deficit. Oklahoma has the name, has the coach's name, has the star power in Jalen Hurts. Like, it's going to be hard for the committee to look at them and go, they're not in the Final Four. I mean, I would find it hard. No offense to Utah. I'd much rather see Jalen Hurts get into the Final Four on Oklahoma and be able to look at Alabama and Nick Saban and go, you let this go, and I'm still in the football playoffs, and where are you? Sitting at home waiting for your bowl game that you're 
gonna inevitably get into like the one of the six bowl games because they're Alabama. That's what they do. They're number twelve in these rankings, so I'm not really sure what bowl game they'll get, but they'll be favored by a lot at this point. Because Nick Saban's gonna have head rolls and you'll just see how important Tua was to that team as you saw against Auburn. But so Oklahoma, anyway. Gonna have to make a statement because they need to win convincingly. So does Baylor. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. If Baylor wins, they essentially erase the only loss they had of the season where they had one bad half of football this whole year against Oklahoma. That's all it came down to, one bad half. They can erase that. They also have an argument. But it'll be an even bigger and better argument if Utah loses because then... You have LSU Georgia, where you could still make the case for Georgia to be a top four despite the loss. It'd be very hard, though, to look past that South Carolina massive upset they had at home against a backup quarterback and a very downtrodden South Carolina team. Like, still don't know what happened there. But if LSU loses, this is where things get tricky. If LSU or Ohio State lose, more than likely, the top four will not change. There will just be some shifting of positions. Because you cannot tell me, or mostly any other college football fan, that LSU and Ohio State are not two of the top four teams in this country. They have won throughout the regular season. If they lose in their championship game to a number four ranked team and a number eight ranked team, who they had, in Ohio State's case, crushed earlier this season it's gonna be really hard for the committee to look and say hey these were close games it was the championship week they have been perfect all year long are we gonna let this affect what we think no are these two losses worse than what we've seen from oklahoma from utah from baylor no they won't be they won't be it's just it's it'll be plain and simple it won't be it'll be clemson would be number one then Georgia would be number two, Ohio State three, and LSU four is, I guess, technically how you might look at that. But overall, that's how it would be if these are massive, if these are upsets, they wouldn't be massive upsets. Well, Wisconsin over Ohio State would be. But really, it could all be mute points if Utah loses, kind of if Baylor wins. If Oklahoma loses, I don't see them saying Baylor has enough power and juice to really jump anybody, even Georgia. My final prediction, though. Sorry for the pause. My final prediction, though, for the final four will be as follows. I think LSU and Ohio State, they'll still be one and two. I just don't know exactly how they're going to finish it off. If you go with SEC bias, which you usually would think they would, LSU should be number one. I feel like they're the most impressive team in the country, and they've shown it time and time again. Ohio State would be number two, Clemson three, and then I'm going to have to say Oklahoma. If Oklahoma wins and they win looking good, I think they jump Utah. Even if Utah wins, I think they jump them. I get Oklahoma's loss looks way worse on paper than Utah's, but it's the name, it's the coach, it's the program, it's the prestige that comes with Oklahoma. You just, you just almost have to put them in. 
It would be like if Alabama was still sitting there at number five. Everybody knew they could potentially creep in. They can't now. Oh, no, they can't. But Oklahoma, I think, might slip in. So that would be my top, That would be my four. That's who I'm going with by Sunday. We'll come out, and the matchups will probably be Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, LSU. My national championship would be, prediction-wise, LSU, Ohio State, champion, LSU. I think, go Tigers, go Coach O, Joe Burrows, LSU Tigers, are the team this year. SEC still reigns supreme, but at least it's not Alabama, right? Can we all agree to that? It's at least not Alabama. I mean, two pick sixes. Come on, Alabama. What are you doing? You got a backup quarterback. Stick to your guns. Run the ball. Play defense. I'm amazed they're only 12th in the rankings, mainly because. Now, you can call me prejudice or any of these different things bias more so bias not prejudice prejudice wouldn't work here that doesn't make sense call me bias i am a notre dame fan yeah you can boo i don't care whatever i'm an i grew up a notre dame fan i can't help it they sit at number 15 right now they have two losses as well those two losses came against a ranked michigan team and a top four georgia team the georgia game was close michigan not close i get it but they have, were down to like 16, and they have moved up to 15. Now I get Alabama lost to LSU and Auburn in close games. But when you look at the schedules of what these two teams have faced this entire year, you got to kind of look at it and think, well, what's going on? Because Notre Dame has a much better looking schedule overall than what Alabama did this year. I'm not going to go down every single game, what happened, and all of that fun stuff. But just in general, you got to look at it from that perspective. I get Alabama, their reign supreme, but come on. At least bump them down a little bit more. There are definitely teams more deserving of being higher up in these rankings than Alabama at 12. I would have put not Memphis, no. I can't. Okay, I can't. Okay, maybe not. All right. Maybe not. But I just don't like Alabama there. I said it. I said it. I just don't like Alabama. I wish they kind of like dropped to number 20. It would have just been really funny to see them playing in like the Franklin City Sports Music Bowl instead of potentially a New Year's Day Bowl. Like one of the big six. It would have been. But probably not going to happen. We're probably still going to see them in a big bowl game. And they will crush whoever they face. But that's college football. By the way, the Heisman's going to Joe Burrows. There's no other argument. You could try, but there isn't. With what he's done, I know you could say Chase Young at Ohio State, but they're not going to give it to a defensive player. It's Joe Burrows. Unless he throws six picks this weekend. It's his. All right, enough of college football. We're going to talk some NBA before we get into Paul's pylon because that is back this week. And then we'll obviously end it with NFL talk and my must-watch, upset watch, and lock-it-ins of the week. So let's talk some NBA, though, because interesting things happening right now. 
First, let's talk about what's going on with the Houston Rockets and James Harden dunk not being counted. Now, if you haven't seen this play, you need to go look it up because what the refs saw compared to every other person, no clue. So James Harden the other night against San Antonio dunked the ball in a double overtime loss where they lost 135 to 133. Harden dunked it in regulation with like seven minutes left, eight minutes left, dunked the ball. The way the ball went through the hoop, the net caught it and wrapped it back around and tossed it back out and back into like the hoop or something like that. The ref said it was not a basket. It was clearly a basket. Let's just establish this. Clearly a basket. The ref said no. Not a basket. So obviously the Rockets are like, um, no, it was a basket. Like, let's let's review this. The refs took so long to explain why they don't think it was a basket that the time allowed to challenge the play, because now coaches can challenge, had surpassed. Therefore, the Rockets couldn't challenge the fact they scored a basket that the refs said they didn't. Does that make any sense? Seriously, somebody, does that make any sense? The refs took so long to explain themselves that the time to challenge had passed D'Antoni and he couldn't challenge it. Therefore, he couldn't let the ref see blatantly how Harden scored and instead didn't count the basket. So the Rockets now are petitioning to either have the basket count it or replay the final seven minutes and 50 seconds of that game. Sadly, more than likely... The Spurs are still going to get the win. The whole thing is not going to count. And it'll just be something added in the future, like the Saints game, where, hey, you blatantly missed this. We're going to do something erratic and irrational to fix it temporarily. But honestly, this this like doesn't happen. It's a weird, it's a weird case. To sit there and go, as a referee... As a professional of the sport, seeing with your own two eyes, the ball goes in the hoop, the ball wraps around the hoop, it pops out of the hoop, it goes back in or whatever it did, and they're saying no basket. To say that and then have everybody question it and not just have a way or an ability without even a coaching challenge to have somebody look at it during a timeout or anything. And say, hey, no, that was a basket. You guys missed it. It's like the foot on the three-point line. You can go look at that, but you can't look at the fact that a basket was actually made. Come on. Like, what is what is what is going on? What is the NBA even what is the NBA doing? How is there not something in place for an oddity like this? And then to say, you took too much time to challenge us after having the referees hold up the time for your ability to do so is just nuts. Count the basket. Figure it out. I don't know how you would figure it out. Replay the game. In the long run, it probably won't make any difference. But if the Rockets somehow miss the playoffs by a game or... If the Rockets somehow miss out being a top four seed and having home court advantage by a game, and this game 
would have jumped them into a top four team or into the playoffs, you can bet the Houston Rockets will throw such a fit, and it will be rightly so, to do so. Just as much as the Saints had a right to throw a fit, that something will come out of this in no way that will affect the whole playoffs or seeding, but just for next season, and it will be known as like the James Harden dunk rule, because why not? It will just be, it'll be interesting, and I'm just curious to see exactly what happens because this was, it was just a bad call. Like, there's bad calls, but this one, this one was really, really bad. But besides that, besides the refs being completely in, I don't know, inept at being NBA refs, let's look at around the league a little more. As we talked a few weeks ago, Carmelo Anthony is back. Double zero for you looking in the fan stat book, whatever it's called. In the Not the play bill, that's for plays. Why? Whatever. The thing you get at the games, I don't know what it's called. Why can't I think of it? Because I just can't right now. Sometimes I'm on blanks. And it's blanking right now really hard. Anyway, in your programs. Boom. Programs. Yeah, I just snapped my fingers. That's right. Carmelo Anthony. Double zero in your programs. Number one on the court. At least... For the week. Yeah, that's right. Carmelo Anthony was named Western Conference Player of the Week. I don't know how who decides that. I don't know how that... Do you have to play defense to get that? Because I feel like you don't. If Carmelo got it. And did he? was he really the best Western Conference player? I'm just curious. I don't know if he was. But I feel like he wasn't. It's just a hunch. A lot of guys in the Western Conference, like Anthony Davis, LeBron James, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, guys on his team. None of none of them? Not not one? The Joker, Jock Itch. That does sound like I said Jock Itch. I didn't. I we'll just call him the Joker, because I'll just keep making it sound like that. None of them, not one of them, was better than Carmelo Anthony this week. I feel like that. I feel like that was not true. So it's just like a sympathy. Hey, we kind of blackballed you last year. Your player of the week this week, kind of deal. It's fine if it is. I mean, good for him. It at least gives him. It gives him some positivity. It gives the Trailblazers another extra push of like, hey, good decision by you. You guys were struggling. You picked him up not knowing what was going to happen, and it's been a good boost for you. So I guess good all around. It's just kind of a funny thing. But yeah, Carmelo's back. It's nice to see. He's probably got like at least another two seasons left in him. If you count this season and next season, you know, he's around LeBron James' age. LeBron's going to play until he's like 45. He's going to be the Brady of the NBA. Carmelo, we'll get we'll get him like to like Kobe age. When he retired. So like another two years. You know 37-38 range. And then maybe as long as he's still with the team. He'll call it quits. Because I feel like somehow he gets cut by the trailblazers. He's going to be like I need one more run. And then he's going to finally call it quits. Who knows who it's with. But whatever. But he's back for now. Hopefully it lasts all season for his sake. And for our sake. It's good to have Melo in the league. It's kind of weird without him. It was weird last year. 
But Melo's getting older. You know who's young, though, and got plenty of great years ahead of them? No, not me. But thank you for thinking that. Luka Doncic. Oh, my God, is that guy really good. Not just really, like, phenomenal. Like, he is having a incredible season so far. To put it in perspective, on Tuesday night, he went out and got a ton of boards. I think in the one quarter he had 15 points and 10 boards, which, like, two other people have ever done. He's the only guard ever to hit that mark in a single quarter in the past 20 seasons. So it's pretty pretty impressive. He went. He finished the game the other night with 33 points, 18 rebounds. He joined two other really good players in John Drew and Shaq of being guys to get that stat line before their before their 21st. This has made me feel really old. Before their 21st birthday, I am 30 and I feel ancient. Compared to this guy, because I don't think I could last 10 seconds on a basketball court, like running up and down, basically doing wind sprints and trying to make a layup against other people my age who are just as out of shape as me. Because I would assume if you're in shape, you shouldn't be playing rec basketball. But here's Luca, not even 21 yet, can't even go out and drink yet, going against men, men in their 30s. He hit a three pointer in LeBron James's face. In his face. One of the best players of all time. Luca just like looked at him and was like, da. Because, well, he's not from Russia, but he's from like Europe, Eastern Europe. One of those. Don't take offense to that. Come on. It was a joke. But just right in LeBron's face, drained a three. And just basically walked away. Just impressive. Power moves. The guy's a stud. He's definitely in the MVP talk right now. How can he not be? It's going to be like him, Giannis, LeBron, just because LeBron's like always there. James Harden, because he takes 50 shots, makes 15 of them, but gets 30 free throws a game. That's going to be like the, that's going to be like the core of it, at least right now. Those four, maybe some others will get in, but it's just an impressive group to be a part of. To be that young and be a part of a conversation where it's, are you better than LeBron, James Harden, Giannis? It's a pretty good company to be a part of. I mean, so if you're going to watch any games during this year, try to watch a few Mavs games because Luke is going to just make it worth it. It's plain. It's plain and simple. All right, besides that, not much else to talk about with NBA of at least with big stories. Yeah, Draymond's green retired by Michigan State. Do you really care? No, he cried. Besides that, Zion's doing some light walkthroughs with the Pelicans. He probably won't be back at least for a few more weeks if he's only doing light walkthroughs. Because, come on, you're not going to bring Zion back unless he can slam it down and potentially break a rim. Hopefully he didn't go the Eddie Lacy route and just eat fast food while he was injured. Haven't seen pictures of him. You don't know. That's all we have for NBA this week. Now, you missed it last week, but it's back this week. Don't worry. It's time for Paul's Pylon. But before that, come on. You know, I I just can't go into it. Who's it sponsored by? Seat Giant. That is right. Seat Giant is where you get all your sports, concert, ticket needs, any other ticket events that you would need something for. 
you go to Seat Giant. And when you go there, you use the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. That's 1-2-O-Z SPORTS in the promo codes. Get an even better discount when you go on Seat Giant and use that. Because remember, Seat Giant is where you get all your sporting, concert, ticket needs of any sort. So make sure you check it out. Make sure you use discount promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. Again, that's 1-2-O-Z SPORTS. And now, it's time for Paul's Pylon. Cue that guitar. Paul's Pylon. That is right. It is Paul's Pylon. He has finally woken up from his tryptophan nap from last Thursday. Paul, you're back. It was We didn't have, you know, Paul's Pylon last week. So you're back this week. What do you got for us? Well, thanks for the vacation time, Greg. Um, I've got a couple of things. Uh, how about the longest game in NFL history? With commercials or without? Yeah, without commercials, just playtime. Just playtime? All Gives right. Gives an I'll... idea that it wasn't in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> how, well, how long? I can maybe maybe it was. Well, this game... some of these games lately have felt like they've taken forever. Just by the way. So playtime of eighty-two minutes. And 40 seconds. What year did that happen? That happened in 1971, so we're talking a couple of overtimes. That would make sense, since now there's only one overtime of 15 minutes. Is it, it might be 10. I forget what their overtime rules are now. But it's one, and it's definitely it, 75 minutes is the max, I think. So this game happened, one other fun fact, on Christmas Day. Ooh. And it was the first NFL game played on Christmas Day. Getting into the holiday spirit. Absolutely. You know me. I have some jingle bells playing right now. Really All quick. about the holiday. Yeah. A little jingle bell noise in the background. Is that jingle bells? I thought it was my dog collar. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you're wearing the dog collar. Absolutely. So this game. <laughs> this this. Okay. Paul's a bit of a freak, everybody. No. So this is a Cowboys-Vikings game on Christmas Day. And, of course, Don Shula, famed coach, 13 players from this um, this Christmas Day game ended up in the Hall of Fame, as well as several coaches, referees, all kinds of people ended up in, in the Hall of Fame. But How long did you think it was again? 82 minutes and 40 seconds. So, like, after each play, did a player get to open a gift? Like, if that player made a play, they got a gift, so time took a little longer? It would be great if they did, right? Like... <laughs> You got a sack. Here you go. Here you go. Here's a gift. You get a gift. You get a gift, and you get a gift. You completed a pass. You get a gift. Hey, you hit your receiver in the hands four times, and they just couldn't hold on. You fantasy, don't get a gift. Fantasy football before it was actually a thing. You just got gifts for doing well on Christmas Day. I guess it's that would be a better tradition, having them open gifts and seeing the ex- excitement rather than watching somebody pick up a turkey leg and bite into it. That's just <laughs> gross. <laughs> I used to like it, though, when it was uh, John Madden doing the turducken. Oh, my God. That's how it got its claim to fame. Yeah. I didn't even think it was a real thing. No. Oh, I mean, you bet your butt people are shoving one animal inside of another animal inside of another. I'm sure it happened with more than just a turducken. I'm amazed that there hasn't been a ham shoved up in there yet. So, speaking of food. <laughs> okay. Don Shula. Nobody he, can. He's, nobody he's can a argue. Man. <laughs> no, nobody can argue the success of Don Shuler as a football coach. No. His second Very career. Successful. Second career is he owns twenty nine restaurants, 
They range from burger joints to fine dining. I would love to see a Don Shula fine dining establishment. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to eat with your hands. You <laughs> kind of just want to know what it looks like inside. Uh, his wife ran them up until about a year ago, and now they've hired a CEO from another restaurant chain. And yeah, they, they say serve a lot of, like, mahi-mahi. But I'm bum. Dolphin Are you going to explain that to yeah. your listeners? Yeah, dolphin coach. Okay, all right. Cool beans. You know who else played in that game? No, because I wasn't alive. <laughs> so, a couple of famous people in that game. Mike Dicka. Oh, Dicka. I knew hey, you'd Paul, go there. Paul, real, question, real quick question here for you. Who would win in a fight? Dicka or Hurricane? But wait. So, Hurricane's name is Dicka. <laughs> Dicka. <laughs> Correct. Roger Starbuck. Fame quarterback. Larry Zonka. No idea who that is. It sounds like a game show host name. This is, we may have to have a new st- segment, Stump the Host, and Bob Greasy. Yeah, those last two over the head. All right, so I'm going to talk about Roger Staubach. Okay. Another great career. Yeah. Comes out unscathed, retires. We're leaving it at that. It oh, no. Feels, oh, let's no. talk about him. He was great. That's all I got for you. Though. I said that was it. <laughs> no, he was great on and off the field. He retired in 1979 and formed a commercial real estate company, which could go south pretty quick on somebody. A lot of players have had it happen. He retired from that career in 2007 and sold his real estate empire for $613 million. Which is probably about, what, a thousand times more than his NFL career earnings? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So... Great little tidbit of information, great yep. on the field, successful off the field, just a regular great guy all the way around. Sounds like you know him personally. <laughs> no. So he's great off the field. I don't know what you mean by that. Did you did you guys meet one time at a bar? Should I just say he had a great career, second career? <laughs> How about that? The way you were lining that up was going to be like, I'll choose my say words he's more carefully. <laughs> So it wouldn't be Paul's pylon without a tidbit, a little bit of a humorous tidbit. Yeah, you were, before we started recording this, you were in a, kind of a laughing fit. Um, I had to really get into the zone so I could not laugh through this entire session. So it all stemmed. The, you got in the zone, Chief? When I was doing my research, I, I came across this, and so I had to talk about it. This player... Played in two Pro Bowls, recovered 30 fumbles, 127 career quarterback sacks, and played in four Super Bowls. But that's not what he's famous for. Well, that's really depressing. It really is. (laughs) Does the name Jim Marshall ring a bell? It does not. Does the name Ronnie? You give me a lot of names today that I do not recognize. Does the well? This guy was well. I was four years old. Does wrong way Jim Marshall ring a bell? No, but I'm hoping that something his wife didn't say to him. No, no. This is something that stuck with him after he picked up the ball after a fumble and ran 66 yards for a safety, and the safety only occurred. Because he celebrated and threw the ball out of bounds. <laughs> this, this is what's conf- 
this is why CT is such an issue in football. How how do you recover a fumble and not realize you're on the defensive side of the ball, so you have to run in the proper direction? I don't know. How do you get that turned around that you don't know which way is the right way? And everybody's screaming at you because the fans are going completely ballistic. I was going to say, there's no other guy on this team that was nearly as fast as him that could even get within five yards of shouting to him. I think they were all in disbelief, but he was he was on a breakaway. He was he was moving, and he threw that ball like he was throwing a hail mary <laughs> out of bounds. It was unbelievable. So John Rolfe from Sports Illustrated calls it his all time most embarrassing sports moment. They got wrong way, Jim Marshall's. Yeah. Or- in general, yeah. his own most embarrassing his he's pick, ever seen. His, his pick and that Jim Marshall was the most embarrassing uh, sports moment. Which is surprising because throwing it back around to a game that Don Shula was a part of when he was the coach for the Dolphins against the Cowboys, back to also another holiday, Thanksgiving Day. Look at all this wrapping of things in together, wrapping Christmas. Look what I'm doing here. It's oh amazing. My God. You are on fire. I'm on fire right now, that Paul. boy is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the famous Leon Lett blocked field goal with seconds left. Cowboys-Dolphins, Thanksgiving Day. He, all he had to do, not touch the ball. He just had to let it go. But he couldn't let it go. And he grabbed it. He fumbled it. Dolphins recovered it. And got to kick another field goal. And do you know what they did? They and made won. the field goal ball. Was and won the game. And won the game. And that's when Don Shula said, hmm, steakhouse. Yeah, that's what he said. Hmm, what can I do with this? Mahi Mahi, Dolphins, Cowboys, Steakhouses, Seafood Places, Burger Joints. Boom, I'm a millionaire. So if you didn't know Jim Marshall, you're not going to know Ray Pergles. Ray Pergles. Invented Pringles. No, he invented. The percolator. The wrong way. And sent a note to Jim Marshall saying, welcome to the club. In the Rose Bowl. In 1929, Ray Pergles ran the wrong way for a touchdown, for a, uh, a safety. Very sad. Same thing happened. Celebration. Was that when the band was on the field? The band was on the field taking over the end zone. Yeah. Shouting at him in 1929. Nobody knows about that famous band on the field. No. <laughs> His teammates almost caught him. And somebody's that's gonna, back. Somebody's anyway, go we've had the discussion of the leather helmets, right? <laughs> Yes. That's how old that clip is. Yeah, that's well, that sounds pretty old. I'm waiting for somebody to be like, um, excuse me, the band on the field game was not that game. We <laughs> we know. We know Do, it wasn't. <laughs> doing a little research, that's about as embarrassing as it gets, because I figure NBA, maybe it happened. Well, maybe it happened. It happens all the time. Yeah, no, NBA there, I mean, it happens randomly all the time. I get it, though. I can understand it more in NBA than the NFL, because NBA, you switch sides that you're going down every period. Yeah, not a lot takes. of breakaways, more, more of the tipping underneath. Yeah. and uh, Things going like up. that. Every yeah. once in a while, you get a really blatant one where it's just a brain fart happens, and the guy literally just catches it and puts it back up instead of just holding the defensive rebound. Yeah, and that's it. That's how I it guess happens. the worst would be in MLB if forever... One time, all I want to see is one time a guy hit a ball and run to third. It's you know, not- I was thinking about, I was thinking about that, and you really would NHL have to be- and baseball, it really would be impossible to do it. Soccer, yeah. you can do an own goal because obviously the ball in the air it could hit off your head and go in the wrong way. 
But NHL, NHL, you pull a goalie and you score on yourself. But that that would be hard to blatant to not blatantly, but like to turn and shoot at your own net would be kind of hard to do. <laughs> what we pulled our goalie? Yeah, yeah. Remember how we're down? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, probably uh quite earlier really screwed me up, guys. <laughs> probably rare, but uh yeah, very rare. So he is the only guy in uh football, in uh pro football to uh run the wrong way. Sixty six yards, and boy was he happy. Big dude too. Big dude. And they interview him. There's a thousand interviews of this guy. This is he's really more him. surprising that nobody else on his team caught up to him than if he's a big dude. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. They're probably in disbelief. <laughs> they're just shaking their heads saying, oh. yeah, Either they're all on the ground or they're all just stopped and staring and just didn't even try. So not a playoff game. The Vikings won. So not not game ending, not a crisis, just pretty darn embarrassing. No, just something that hangs with you. But hey, did you say he went to the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl four times? No, he, he, no, he, was, he played in four Super Bowl games. Did he ever win one? No. Oh, that's that's sad. Was it the Bills? Was he on the Bills for all those games? No, he actually played for the Vikings, and before the Vikings, I maybe Cleveland. Mm, So he's definitely definitely not winning there. (laughs) Not now. Wait, I don't even know if Cleveland was around at that point. No, maybe it wasn't. No, Baltimore moved to Cleveland. Yeah, he played for he played for three teams. Yeah. But all right. Is that is that all our tidbits for the week? That's that's it. That's my tidbits. I I just couldn't get past uh, wrong way Jim Marshall. I thought right. it was a, a pretty a good, good tidbit. A little bit of <clears throat> bring a little bit of humor to a uh, a game where they're knocking each other around. And yeah, I mean, we got Don that, Shula mentioned a bunch. Needed a little humor this week. Tough week in football for you and I. Yeah, um, I think a little tougher for me. My team's not the number two seed only in its conference. <laughs> it's, it's well, my team lost to a Dolphins team that apparently had the two greatest players in NFL history on their side. I listened to a radio show this week that said it perfectly. The Eagles made Devontae Parker look like Randy Moss. And the saddest thing is the guy that kept guarding him was literally in perfect position every single time to deflect the pass. The only issue was he was about six inches, much six inches shorter than the other guy that was catching the ball. So he never had a chance. Well, we did see an awful lot of bouncing off the hands this week. It was tough. Yes. It was a tough week in uh, in At least Texas. you guys were sick. Patriots were at least had the flu, you could say. Yeah, and I guess... The score does not reflect how bad the game was, though, for the Patriots. Look, Yeah, it was, it was tough to watch. It was not... Those, uh, final, those final two touchdowns, I felt like the Texans' defense kind of was letting up more than they needed to. Especially the final one. They kind of just let James White and Julian Edelman walk into the end zone. Well, I do believe if it, they were out of sorts. The whole team was out of sorts. It was just, it was like watching, they, they had never played together. Just yep. totally out of sync. Um, just missed opportunities and, and not protecting the quarterback. It was just Missed field goals. Yeah. Miss, oh, yeah. Boy, that was a short, short career with the Patriots. Yeah. You guys should have <laughs> hung on to... Uh, Oh, uh, what's his face? Young Hoke, Young Hoku, the guy that get, did all the onside kicks for the Falcons on Thanksgiving. By the way, let's just quickly say how impressive was that? It was pretty damn impressive. Three in a row. <laughs> a week later, but three <laughs> onside kicks in a row that all went perfectly. That, I mean, one, it's rare. 
Yeah. Three is unheard of. Well, you almost had another one where the Patriots almost had it, except I think the guy was offsides anyway or something. He illegally touched. Something happened, but he was close too. Amazing. Yeah. Pretty amazing. And, you know, it, it's 22 to 28, was it, the final? Yeah. But it yeah. was. It, it was, might as well have been 100 to, to four. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Deshaun Watson was feeling it that night. He was yeah. playing his guitar all over the field. Oh, God, that makes me aggravated. Oh, yeah. So sorry. The 10 and 2 Patriots. I feel so bad. You know, it's. Hey, my 6 and 7, 5 and 7 Eagles, they don't even have six wins. My 5 and 7 Eagles still have a chance to make the playoffs, though, which is sad. So 5 and 7, you lose a game, so be it. 10 and 1. You want to be in, you want to be in first yeah, place. Home field advantage still up until the AFC Championship game at worst case scenario. Yeah, well, it, you know when you're in in that position, you want to stay in that position. It's yeah. it's still stings a little. You know what? Twenty years of being in that position, it's okay if you're the second seed and not the first seed. Always easy for you to say. It should be easy for you to say too, man. You got I I. I I pray for Patriots fans when Brady and the Patriots finally, like, he retires. Because if you guys even have one season of, like, nine and seven, your fans may kill themselves. Imagine that. That would be and, awful. Like, they, won't be, they won't know what to do with themselves. And the rest of the league will finally get their laughs. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, well, this isn't funny. This is depressing. Neither one of them can ever retire because Brady doesn't want to say it was Belichick. And Belichick doesn't want to say be able to say it was all Brady. I, think I would love it. to see for the NFL 100 thing that Belichick's departed with Chris Collinsworth when they do the top 12 or whatever it is, quarterbacks of all time. If like Chris Collinsworth's like, yeah, Tom's in it. And if Belichick's like, his yeah, career's not me. over. No, <laughs> he's not. Peyton. Peyton is. And like names every other guy that competed against him is like, no, Tom, Tom isn't in this. Not thinking that's <laughs> happening ever. <laughs> It'd be very funny though. In your mind. <laughs> well, I, I would laugh hysterically, and Bill Belichick would then become my favorite person ever. <laughs> I thought two weeks ago you said he was. Oh, no, yes. you just said he was an outstanding yeah, I coach. Re- I said to regurgitate. Yeah, I just had to regurgitate things. Let's not I bring think, that. Let's I think not I wrote down what you said. I think it was giving credit to unarguably. I literally go back two weeks ago and listen to it. <laughs> well, I don't have to. I think I, I wrote down notes because I knew you'd try to say you never said it. There's audio. <laughs> you could download it and keep it forever. I might do that. Go for it. It that, could be your new might, alarm. When you call me, that will be my new ring. Good. Well, don't worry. When you call me, it shows up as funny Snapchat of you dressed up like a little skeleton. Okay. It's a Snapchat you sent me a while ago, Paul. Oh, God. <laughs> That's scary. It is. It's frightening, and then I know what you call. <laughs> Ooh, frightening. Bum, bum. I see what you did there. But all right. Good job this week. I appreciate the tidbits. I'm going to try to now find a John Shula eating establishment. I'm just letting you know. I would imagine that that would be uh, – they, they look good on paper. I mean, big I mean, look great. Who knows what the food's like? Honestly, I should tell them that we promoted them, and maybe they'll fly us out for a free meal. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, maybe they'll fly us a free meal. <laughs> <laughs> Do a drive-by. Exactly. They might call and tell you how good it is. Well, Paul, I will actually see you very shortly at your grand not not my kids, but your other grandson's birthday party this weekend. Absolutely. I think we're gonna have to shovel our way in though. I think they get buried way up there in the north. I don't think I can make it then. 
<laughs> you can't shovel one more bit of snow. I can't. I can't. Unless I have a snowblower, it doesn't work. There you go. All I right, shovel well, by hand. So just I say. will. Oh well, impressive. I will talk to you soon. All right. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you too. Paul's pylon. Always a great time with Paul. Can't deny that. Am I right? Alright, now before getting into NFL talk and my must-watch and lock-it-ins and all that fun stuff, I'm also going to remind you to go check out my bookie. Because if you're going to lock in your bet anywhere, make sure it's on my bookie. And when you go there, use the code 12OUNCESPORTS to get an even better deal when you're using my bookie and placing your bets. If you're already placing your bets, might as well get a better deal while you're doing it. So that's why I use promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. Again, that's my bookie. Make sure you go use it for my lock-it-ins of the week because let's I mean they've been getting better don't use it at the beginning of the season they've gotten better as the season's gone on and they're going to be good this week too some tough games to choose this week but I got your back don't worry all right so let's get into NFL talk right now we're going to quickly touch on Thursday night football yikes I mean we all knew with the game, Bears-Cowboys were like, this has the potential to be a really good game, a disastrous game, but I don't think anybody expected what happened last night. The Cowboys look like a team already done for the season. They look like they were just ready to pack up their bags and head home, take a trip to maybe Cabo. I heard Zeke's got a good place down there. Jason Garrett might be heading there pretty shortly. I mean, it wasn't clapping much last night. Cowboys offense looked abysmal. It looked so bad. Like Dak Prescott, first at the beginning of the season, played himself into a major contract. Over the past few games, you can say it's the offensive line. You can say whatever you want. He's played himself out of it. If every time a team loses, such as the Eagles with Carson Wentz, the Chargers with Phillip Rivers, the Patriots with Brady, it always falls on the quarterback. Quarterback's supposed to lift everybody else's playoffs up. If he can't do that, if he can't compensate for a poor offensive line and make quick decisions, it's on him. So this falls on Dak. And it was rough. Jason Witten was, I mean, if you saw his reactions on the sideline, you could tell he he looked more like an angry coach than player. Probably because he also looks more like a coach than a player. He's not doing tons on the field. Let's, let's just be honest. But, man, the Cowboys did not look good. They had some flashes. They had some big plays here and there. But overall, that Bears defense bore down on Dak Prescott all game long. And the Bears, not the Bears defense, and the Cowboys defense made Mitch Trubisky look like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I thought Mitch was supposed to be a bad quarterback and Dak was supposed to be a good quarterback. Not the case last night. Mitch looked like an MVP. Dak looked like a, uh, maybe, more like a Jameis Winston. He threw a lot of passes up. Didn't make many turnovers, but he threw a lot of passes up that were not good looking. So, tough, tough look, Dallas fans. You could easily have locked up the NFC East. The Eagles, as we know. Not not doing anything. They're injured. They were injured most of this year. 
They got some guys back, but it has not made a difference. And you're just letting them stay around. They get to face Eli Manning potentially twice in the final four weeks. Granted, we'll talk about that a little more in a bit. But you're giving a team with an easier schedule a chance to maybe still win this division. It's going to really come down to that game against Philadelphia in Philly. It's going to be good. It was not good for you last night. Thank you, Bears, though, as an Eagles fan. I appreciate it. All the help we can get. All the help we can get, I I will take it. All right, enough about that. Enough about Thursday Night Football. Let's get into it. My picks for my must-watch, upset-watch, and lock-it-ins for the week. And we're going to start with my must-watch because we got a few. And it's not going to be hard to see why. And we're going to start off with Ravens and Bills. A game that I know none of you thought would actually be a game that you would ever think. I got to watch that. But you do. Lamar Jackson is going up to Buffalo. Bills Mafia. Against a 9-3 Bills team who, if they win out, will be the AFC East Division Champions. Now granted, don't see that happening. Bills have had a great season. But Lamar Jackson is having an even better season. MVP type season. That's why I see Baltimore going in there, taking care of business. And really, that's it. They're favored right now against Buffalo by six going into Buffalo. Josh Allen's had a good year. Can't deny that. But the Ravens are on another level right now compared to the rest of the NFL on both offense and defense. So it's going to be a good game to watch. I think the Bills slow down Lamar maybe a little bit. Not much. A little bit. But they still come out on top. So that's my first must-watch. My second must-watch, New Orleans and San Francisco. Think about it this way. San Francisco is 10-2 and and is now the number 5 seed in the playoffs in the NFC. A 10-2 and team should not be the number 5 seed in the NFC. But that's where we are. And the Saints, the Saints have already clinched their division. At 10-2 and as well. You have Jimmy G, one of the young up-and-coming quarterbacks in the NFL versus the old guard, Drew Brees. Who's going to win? I'm favoring San Francisco in this one. I think they bounce back from against the Ravens. Right now, it's looking like the road teams are going to be road warriors. Because my third must-watch, I'm also going with the road team. I'm not saying much about the Saints-San Francisco game. That defensive line for San Francisco, I think, is going to cause some havoc for New Orleans. If Armstead's not back for New Orleans, it's going to be some issues. Drew Brees is good, but Nick Bosa this year has been really good getting past offensive tackles. So, Drew, if you don't have a quick gun, he's going to get to you, and I think he's going to get to you a few times. My third must-watch. A lot of... uh, Actually, no, I was going to say a lot of AFC. It's not. It's one AFC game, one AFC game so far. Two AFC games, though, because Chiefs-Patriots, a rematch of the AFC Championship game last year. You have the Chiefs going into Foxborough. Patriots are coming off a tough loss against the Texans. They face another quarterback in Mahomes who's a bit mobile, has a big arm, has big weapons in Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins. That number one defense is going to be challenged again. The thing is, for the Chiefs, though, to win this game, their defense is going to have to show up. 
Patriots and Tom Brady specifically are pissed off. Their offense has not done what their offense used to do. Does that change this week? Maybe. But I think the Chiefs put up at least mid-20 point-wise. Patriots offense, if they can get up to 21 points, that's a that's a win for them. But it's not going to be a win by the end of the game. I know I pick against the Patriots a lot. Sometimes I root for them. I rooted for them against Dallas. But this week, I think the Chiefs come out on top against the Patriots. Patriots sputter into the playoffs a little bit. They're not looking like the Patriots of old. We'll see if that turns around. That defense is going to have to be the thing that Drake takes them. Not even takes them. Drags them to the Super Bowl right now because the offense doesn't really look like it's going to be there anytime soon. Maybe Bill figured out something this week. But un- unless there's a big switch, unless that run game starts going, unless the pass game starts going, that's literally the whole offense. Unless they start going, this team's not going to be going very far because playoffs, it's different. You could have the number one defense, but you're going to have to go against one of the t- some of the top offenses. And are you going to be able to actually go into a shootout? In a, even a shootout, even if it's 14, like 10, are you going to be able to be the team that gets 14? I don't have faith in the Patriots right now to do that. But those are my three must-watch. They're clearly the best games of the weekend. If you can watch them, do so. I know I'm going to. All right, time for my upset watch. Now, I had a few choices here, but I got two in mind. My first one being the Rams beat the Seahawks on Sunday Night Football. Rams have, you know, kind of rebounded after a skid. Seahawks are flying high. They're playing a lot of close games, though. You got to assume they finally maybe drop one of these close games. San Francisco jumps back up into the number one spot. Rams get a big win for the wild card hunt. Jared Goff maybe looks like he should be one of the top paid quarterbacks. We all know he's not one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but he gets paid like one. So once in a while, he should act like one. So I see Rams upsetting the Seahawks. It's an even money line. And then, not even money line, it's an even spread line, not money line. And then my other upset pick I can see happening, kills me to say it, the Giants over the Eagles on Monday Night Football. And I say this strictly because Eli Manning will be making a start. Daniel Jones has a high ankle sprain. It sounds like Eli could get the final four starts of the season, maybe a ride off into the sunset type deal. And Eli is a weird quarterback. If he gets hot, if he gets going, he's one of the hardest guys to beat. I know his record is 116 and 116 career-wise. But a lot of those of the 116 wins came in bunches. And to beat the Eagles and really take him out of the playoffs would be everything he could ask for be a great memory to send off Giants fans with. So I could easily see that being an upset. Because, well, honestly, the Eagles have not played well. They just lost to the Dolphins. Ryan Fitzpatrick looked like a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing to a Hall of Fame receiver in Devontae Parker. It looked like Brady and Moss in that undefeated season. Or almost undefeated season. Know who took them down? Eli. Know who could probably take the Eagles down? Eli. See, it's like a full circle thing. Full circle. Marriage is like a circle. If if you never saw that whatever movie with Adam Sandler and Kevin James, that won't make sense to you. But it's a joke I use quite often. 
in my personal life. Not on here. Doesn't usually apply. But those are my upset picks. My lock it in. The last thing I'm going to talk about. Because right now the hot stove is hot in MLB. But I'm going to wait until the big names are signed. To break it down a little bit more. So right now. My lock it in for the week. Miami. Covers the spread. Against the Jets. They're right now five and a half point underdogs. To the Jets in New York. But honestly Miami has been playing well. We saw it against the Eagles. Yeah they gave up 31 points. But still. They put up 37 points. Fitzmagic is back, and Fitzmagic lasts about two or three games, and I think there's like the third game of that magic. So give me the Dolphins to cover against the Jets. That is my lock it in. If you're going to do it, again, go to my bookie. Use 12-ounce sports, 1-2-O-Z sports, to lock that pick in. So yeah, Miami. Who would have thought beginning of this year even nine, ten weeks into this season, I'd be saying the Miami Dolphins are a lock-it-in pick. Crazy. The NFL is a funny, funny game. That's all, though, for my must-watch, upset-watch, and lock-it-ins for the week. Quick recap of them. You got to watch Buffalo, Baltimore, San Francisco, New Orleans, and New England, Kansas City. My upset watches are going to be Giants over Philly, and Rams over Seahawks, and my lock it in is Miami covers the spread against the Jets. Besides that, Cowboys stink. I mean, that's just fun to say. Eagles stink, but Cowboys stink. I mean, they made, they made the game somewhat, as I said, bearable last night, but Dak Prescott was abysmal. So I'm happy today. You should be happy today. It's the weekend. The weekend is upon us. We should all be happy. Am I right? We should all be happy. Besides that, though, enjoy college football this weekend. Got plenty of games like we talked about earlier. So go enjoy that. Enjoy one of the final few regular season weeks of football. Sad. If you're in fantasy football playoffs like I am, good luck to you. Unless you have guys that are against teams I have, then, well, hopefully your team burns. Goes down in flames. Burns sounds really drastic. Hopefully they go down in flames. And hopefully my guy team thrives. You know, let's all thrive. Let's just have close games. Hopefully your guys, whoever are against me this week, get enough to help you win, but not enough to help whoever faces me win. That seemed fair? That's what I thought. Again, have a good one, though. Thanks for checking me out on either 12 Ounce Sports or Spotify or any of the other streaming services. You can find me on SoundCloud all that fun stuff, iTunes or podcast, whatever it is on Apple now. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. If you want to give me your opinions on sports, I'd love to hear them. You can find me on Twitter at SportsDance underscore, on Instagram, Facebook at the TheSportsDance. Check it out. Thanks again for listening. My name is Greg. This has been my stance on sports. Have a good one, everybody. Catch you next week. The sport stands.